is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Hello everyone, welcome to the latest Agenda on the Blood Red Podcast and YouTube channel with myself, Sean Bradbury. And I'm absolutely delighted to say to the envy of the football world, I've got a one-on-one exclusive with Paul Gross today. The big man is back. Uh, Grossly, a few days off last week. Uh, how was it? You all recharged, ready for the restart? Yeah, good to have, to have a few days off. And now we're uh, full steam ahead towards the Merseyside derby, isn't it, next week, where Liverpool could potentially be crowned champions, which is a crazy scenario to think about it. But yeah, just great to have it all back, isn't it? It will be different, obviously, behind closed doors and whatnot. But um, a bit of a, a, a unique time in history, I'd say. And, and um Quite privileged to be there, to be honest. But yeah, uh, good, good to be back. Absolutely, yeah. It has, it has come around quite quickly, and fingers crossed this this title is boxed off um, as soon as possible. Another thing that we're going to discuss today that is still to be boxed off um, is Genie Wine Album's contract. So that's that's the main topic of this agenda, and we'll also touch on Virgil Van Dyke and his situation a little bit. But let's go with Genie first of all, and Gorsty. So his current deal has one year left to run. Um, it's been seems to have been quite a while now that we've been reporting on this and things have been little bits and pieces have been coming out of negotiations going on behind the scenes and then this week there seems to have been a some development certainly from what the national media was saying that talks are progressing quite well which obviously is encouraging for fans just ask, I want to ask you first of all and one album anyone who watches the Reds would know he's clearly an absolute key man in the squad he's He's a player who epitomises the energy and the effort of that midfield and uh, you know everything you need to thrive in a clock midfield. He, he seems like he's got, I think, this season. I was looking the other day on, on who scored and Juan Adams played more minutes, I think, in the Premier League and Champions League than any other midfielder at, at, at the club. So how, how has it got to this stage where you know there's a little bit of uncertainty around this contract? It is strange, isn't it? Because, I mean, I didn't have those stats at hand, and I, but I was going to say that he's one of the... One of the most trusted midfielders who seems to play pretty much every game, isn't he? So the, I'm not surprised to hear that, that he has played more minutes than, than anyone else. So when you think of, of Liverpool's squad over the last two years, he's the odd one out, isn't he? The only one who hasn't had a, a significant contract extension. You think of Mane, Firmino, Origi, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Alexander-Arnold, Robertson, Henderson, Salah. You know, pretty much all of them. Who've signed, yeah, who've signed pre-2018 have all had significant contact extensions, except for him. So it's strange to think why is there an issue behind the scenes. Uh, not that I know of, but it does kind of like the question as, as to why that has remained unsigned. Liverpool have put so much time, money and effort into extending the contracts of pretty much everyone. And um, that was probably the main reason why there wasn't any kind of significant upgrades last summer, because all of that money went on on basically securing the, the, the bulk of their squad for the next few years. So it's a it's it's a glaring omission on that list that Genie Wijnaldum is still um, into the, the final few months of, of his Liverpool contract, really, a long-term contract signed in the summer of 2016. So uh, I hope it does get resolved. Um, I was told that Liverpool's contract talks have basically been shelved during the, the pause in play, so no real significant developments over the last three months. But what I would suggest is when everything returns to kind of, you know, something resembling normality when Liverpool are up and running again, that that has to feature highly on the on the to do list to get that box off because it's so important. Mm. So as we said, his deal expires um, next year, so in the summer of twenty twenty one. 
and he'll be 30 by that time. I think it's his birthday in November. So, you know, he's, he's getting on a little bit in football terms. But does he strike you as the type of player who can still produce at that highest level for a few seasons? And, and therefore, would, would a new contract be a sound investment for the Reds? Yeah, I think so. I think it kind of falls into that James Milner category, maybe, where um, he just seems to have a great engine, um, keeps himself in, in top shape. He's got great athleticism, great energy. Um, you know, almost the, I mean, I think I think Klopp's described him as the perfect midfielder. And, and for a year in Klopp's system, he probably is, isn't he? He's not someone who grabs the eyes with, with the goals and, and assists column. Um, sometimes you think he's having a quiet game, but, he, but he's someone who's, who's always there kind of, Setting the tempo and, and getting Liverpool on the front foot in and defence into attack quite quickly. And for me, it, it, it's got to be a no-brainer. Liverpool have got, have got a time now for an, another two or three years because he's um, he's not going to fall off, fall off a cliff in terms of his physical attributes. You know, that's, that's just not going to happen. And um, I think he's, he's still got a good few years at the top yet. So Liverpool have got to try and get this done with us, I'd suggest. Mm. We've discussed, obviously, and, and you've written, um, you know, fairly extensively about the, the team awareness situation and how, obviously, the the wider things that are going on in the world with the you know the COVID nineteen pandemic and financial uncertainty that's wrought on on the football world, if you like, you know, that's played a big impact there. Do you think there's any chance that 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 could could impact a you know a new deal for Wine Album? I mean, at least I suppose this this has been going on for a while, hasn't it? Negotiations have been going on for a while, but. Do you think coronavirus could almost scupper it a little bit? I don't know about scupper it entirely, but it's, it definitely will have will have played a part. I mean, I, I feel like I sound like a broken record, but there's no denying that COVID nineteen has had such a massive financial impact on the whole of football. Um, we're not privy to any other clubs' kind of numbers, but from what you read and what you see, it you know it's undeniable. We're obviously a little bit more tuned into Liverpool, and, and Liverpool have have been hit hard as of every other club. See loads of people suggesting that why, well, why are Chelsea able to, to sign Timo Werner when Liverpool can't? I mean, it's, it's two completely different ways of operating. Chelsea have always spent money in the transfer market and they haven't been able to for the last two transfer windows. So they've pretty much had that money stored up for the last year or so. Selling Eden Hazard and they're able to go again, backed by an owner who has always been prepared to, to, to kind of spend his own money. That's not mm. the way FSG operates. So... Um, Liverpool are paying out uh, one of the highest wage bills in football, £310 million a year. They haven't had any income for three months. So I think I worked it out at £78 million that they paid on wages alone since they last played against Atletico Madrid. So any kind of financial transaction will will have to be weighed up by this you know, this impact that, that they've been hit with. So Wijnaldum's contract will feature alongside that like, like any other, but I, I don't think it'll have... A, I don't think it'll come to a point where Liverpool can't offer him a new contract because of it. But there's not there's no doubt that Liverpool have had to weigh up, you know, pretty much every every financial aspect, you know, across the club over the last few months. And contract negotiations are no different, which is why um, there have been no significant progress with, with anyone over the last three months. The agenda on the Blood Red Channel. One last thing on Wine Album then before we have a, a quick word on Van Dyke as well. I think one thing that's crossed my mind with him, and I, I might be way off on this, but the, the disparity between his, his club role and his country role, sometimes think maybe does that play a little part in what he's thinking about his future? Because obviously at Anfield, we all know, he's, as we've said, he's, he's, he's part of this Grafton midfield trio that does 
does the covering, does the pressing, does the dirty work, if you like, and, and lets the lads up front get on with it and allows the fullbacks to be the playmakers. You know, it's, it works so well. Whereas at international level, we've seen this season, every time he goes away on an international break, he seems to score a couple and, you know, come back and then switch back, if you like, to his more conservative role, if that's the right way of putting it. Do you think there's perhaps a chance he almost fancies a, a bit of a different challenge elsewhere with, with that kind of freedom? It's possible, yeah. I mean, you mentioned his his role for Holland. I think it's more of a get in the box type of type of role, isn't it? Get on the score sheet. And I think he has over the last year or so. I think he does have a good goal return for Holland. Certainly one that's that's better than than it is at Anfield. But there is a certain way of playing at Liverpool, and it's it's working perfectly, isn't it? So he has to sacrifice that for the good of the team. I think it's interesting that he he's made no bones about him being very unhappy that he was left out of the. Starting lineup against Barcelona last year. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, come off the bench, didn't he? And, and made his mark in, in the way that you want, you know, coming off the, the bench and, and changing the game. That is the perfect way to respond when you're unhappy getting left out. But I think he's mentioned that um, someone like Henderson, <laughs> I mean, it's difficult to say that Juan Alden was unhappy about this because whenever you speak to him or you see him talk, he always seems very laid back and very likable and, and a very happy go lucky guy. But he, he says that. Some of Henderson's ear bashings are a little bit annoying at times, and James Milner's got the, the, the same thing. You know, they've got the, the, the bad cop and the even worse cop, if you like, in the dressing room where, where they, they're quick to admonish. And I know he's mentioned before that, you know, Klopp can sometimes annoy him. You know, you're hesitant to, to go too far with that, but there is a little bit of a thinking that, you know, he's maybe, maybe would, would want to kind of. I mean, it's difficult to, to to overstate it. To be honest, I mean, I don't think for I don't think we can dwell on it too long that, that something like this would make him want to leave. But I don't think it's all as as rosy in the garden as as uh, is made to believe. But there's no doubt that he's a an important player for Klopp and and one who um, his contributions are, are huge for for the success that this Liverpool team has had under Jurgen Klopp. Mm. Well, just lastly, let's move on to a. Uh... Virgil van Dijk for for a quick second. Obviously, one of the most transformative signings in, in Liverpool history, not just you know recent history on Diego and Klopp. And I'm sure that the club will be keen to pin him down for absolutely as long as possible. You know, this Liverpool's a destination club now, isn't it? And you, you wouldn't say there's anywhere obvious that Van Dijk would go. You we could win everything here at the moment, but how key is it? You think that something is signed relatively soon with him as well? Yeah, that's another one, isn't it? So we, Van Dijk signed when was. Uh, January 2018, so it was a long-term deal, so that would that would take him five and a half years. So there's no rush really for that one. But I think in terms of the consistency of his performances since he's been at Liverpool, probably means that he, if possible, he deserves to be rewarded with, with renewed terms and a contract extension and a wage increase because, there's, as you mentioned, that they're one of the most transformative signs in, in the club's history. I've never seen a defender like him at Liverpool. Um, I think when he retires, he'll go down alongside the absolute best. You know, the the Ron Yates and, and the Alan Hansons and, and whoever else you want to name, he, he is that good. And um, I think just from a personal perspective, he deserves to be given kind of um, a renewed contract and, and you know, more lucrative terms. Um, I think perhaps he, he deserves to be earning alongside Mohamed Salah, who we believe is the club's highest earner. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that one. I as I say, I personally feel that like he deserves it, but um, there's no real rush on his contract. I don't think it's a, a pressing concern for Liverpool, but I think it's one that perhaps they would like to do to just to show them that, that he has valued and, and what he, he has done for the club. 
um, you know, has been, um, has, has been, you know, valued. Nice one. Well, that has been your latest agenda, all about Genie, with a little bit of uh, Van Dyke as well there. And obviously, yeah, it remains to be seen whether Wijnaldum will sign on the dotted line, but I'm sure all reds everywhere and everyone at the club is absolutely hoping that deal does go through and gets done soon. So, yeah, thank you, Gorsty. Um, our man who's back, ready for the start of the season. And thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be back on Monday with another edition of Blood Reds on Monday afternoon. So, bye for now. You've been listening to the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.